millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to engineer, scientist, writer and performer, Neve Shaw. I went on a a mission, you know, um, in the desert, and I and I lived as if I was on Mars for 15 days, and it just changed everything. It just made me go, I can't conform to the way society is telling me to conform. I need to do this my own way. And thankfully, you know, the way life worked out for me. I was married very briefly, but it, you know, out of out of that, and never had kids or anything. So rather than feeling um, the disappointment of that, I felt that in Ireland. I felt like. I don't have kids, I don't have a house, I don't have the things that women in their 50s around me have. So rather than own that, I went, I don't have kids, I don't have a house, I don't have the responsibilities. Yeah. And you were kind of going, so it's flipping it. Yeah, cool. So you have to flip it and you have to look at what you have, not what you don't have. So leaving Ireland helped me, set me free from the shackles of that. So I went, I gave everything away. I gave away everything, my books, um, uh, my furniture, everything I gave away. And now I just have a tiny storage room with my Christmas decorations and my tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> Neve is dedicating her life to fulfilling a 40-year-old dream to become an Irish space explorer on a real-life mission. Today, she divides her time between Strasbourg, home of the International Space University, Ireland and the US, where she's building up contacts in the space community. She is absolutely lovely and she's so inspiring. So this is an episode that's going to make you think about your own life and hopefully encourage us all to follow our dreams. So sometimes you meet people 
and you haven't seen them in years but when you meet them again it feels like you were just chatting to them yesterday <laughs> Neve Shaw you're one of those people yeah it's like literally you, you, we finished a sentence we hopped on a bus and then we got off and, and anyway yeah. he was saying a nice yeah, yeah I know we had a great, great old catch up coming up we did we really did we, did. we have so much to talk about we have so much to talk about <laughs> it's insane okay so for listeners right so myself and Neve worked together um, <laughs> it feels like a million years ago I and know. it feels like yesterday yeah which is lovely so we first worked together when I was presenting with my sister on a yeah. TV show, a daytime TV show called Show Again. Yeah. And you used to do Weekly Slot. That was by far one of my highlights. It Aww, was brilliant. You. you used I to come on it. and talk sciencey stuff and fun yeah. stuff and experiments and crack. And you were brilliant. And viewers loved you. And then we worked together again when I was in News Talk. Yeah. And anyway, and we've a lot of mutual friends and yeah. connections. So bef- before I go to the now and the what's happening now, mm. Let's let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to Neve as a young girl. Yeah. As we all have that what do you want to be when you grow up questions. Mm-hmm, 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 and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we want to be a doctor or we want to be a bus driver mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did Neve Shaw say? Well, I wanted to be, I mean, I loved space. I mean, it was just everywhere. It, you know, it was like the glue in my family. Science fiction was just like our glue and and science. And so, you know, dad worked for General Electric. They had a they had a branch in Dundalk. And he would tell us that the day after the moon landings, they were taken out and they got the projector out and they showed them the moon landings. So when, All right. yeah, so when I heard that story, and I was probably only about four or five when I heard it first, um, I just... I just attached to that so mm. much and I felt a connection and I felt like that this was my story too. And then there was there was kind of two things that happened that really just completely, you know, just completely stuck it in my head was one was uh, we moved around uh, growing up. And so in the summer, I was always a bit lost because school was sort of my friends and everything. And when we were in Carlo and living in the country, which was completely different from anywhere else we lived because we'd always lived in a town. Yeah. So there was always kids on your street and all this. So I was so lost. So what age were you when you were in Carlo? Seven, seven and eight. Seven. Okay. And it was eight. I think it was the summer, the following summer it was eight. Because um, you do have a very neutral accent, actually. Yeah, well, they're now from the Midlands. Well, mum and dad are from, from Port Arlington, oh, so, yeah. so they, they have a Midlands accent as well. And then I only, we you know, we, we moved back to Dundalk when I was 12 or 11. So I was only five years in Dundalk before then I was off to college. So I think it was just yeah. all those things. But anyway, yeah, so I asked dad to give me, I was always asking dad to give me things to do, you know, mm. um, because I was sitting at home and his brain was going off trying to do something and we had the encyclopedia which of course the young people don't know what that is but that was like a book with every answer you could possibly think of in alphabetical order I don't know how it worked but anyway so he would always be encouraging us to use the encyclopedia and he'd say go find out about your favourite planet and mine at the time was Saturn so I was looking through that and I found um, you know stuff about Earth and I found that Earthrise picture which is the first picture that was launched you know that that was shared of Earth from the moon and it was kind of half and I I can remember looking at that in the encyclopedia and going that's it now I'm going to stand on the moon and I'm going to see the earth just like that and it was very I was very kind of calm about it and very resolved and the second thing was so that's etched in your memory etched in my memory as a pivotal moment in your life absolute pivotal moment and then the second one is it's John's confirmation and it was around the same time so it's your brother John yeah my older brother is a confirmation and he was mad about like science fiction and we'd heard for about a year about Star Wars Star Wars Star Star Wars was coming out and he made his confirmation and he paid for myself and my younger brother Tom to go see Star Wars in the cinema in Carlo 
And I remember seeing how excited he was, you know, in the opening credits, you know, in a galaxy far, far mm. away and seeing him jump up and down. And then the opening scene is, you know, you open on the, you know, the the, the ship and there's um, Princess Leia leaving the message to R2-D2. And she was such such a strong character. I can remember kind of going, oh, I want to be her. Yeah. And yeah. the two things just sort of mashed into like that's who I want to be. I want to be like that. I want to live in space and I want to be a part of space. Did you put your hair in the buns on the side of your head? I, we, we never were allowed to have okay. long hair. I only, my, only started growing my hair um, in third year in college. Like. Really? Yeah. So was it always just really short? Well, it was, no, it was long kind of from about the age of kind of 11 to about 15 or 16 okay. and then I just got a cut really short I don't know what I was doing and then it takes years <laughs> it's years to grow it out my hair is horrible like if it's not kind your of your hair is stunning it. yeah but only if it's it long is. but if it's short it's like ah, okay I look like you know one of those Lego heads you know the Lego hair it just doesn't move <laughs> it's a real stiff hair you know what I mean because it's not curly but it's thick it's, it's curly only if you let it you know if you kind of put mousse and okay, moisturizer okay, okay, and everything okay. so it's like an afro basically when it's short it's, yeah it's really <laughs> it's kind of cool yeah, it's mm, yeah red haired afro very hard very hard to manage um, okay this conversation is <laughs> taking a totally different turn already right so so straight away these are these are just really strong memories that yeah, you have yeah. of I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this I'm gonna get there yeah, just like not even I'm going to get there. I'm, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm doing it. It's you know, happening. And it was just like, yeah, it's happening. It's you happening. know, it was like no, no doubt. Like there was, but what I love about it was just absolutely like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. Yeah, like and, it's not actually a big deal. No, by the and, way. And I used to think that I imagine it, but thankfully I always wrote diaries, and it was always there when you do the thing of like what you want to do when you grow up, what you want to be, and astronaut or work in space, astronaut, and and it was really great because when I wrote my second theater show. You know, I did a lot of, uh, no, my first theatre show, I'm not talking about my very first theatre show where I was completely hopelessly lost. Um, you know, and that's kind of around the time I met you because I was going, what's wrong with me? I'm an artist and I'm an actor and I'm an engineer and a scientist. Why do I need to be all these things? And that show kind of, I looked back on all the, the all the content I had, mm. my diaries and my notes and everything. And it was, it was there it was. Space, 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 yeah. space, space, space. It just came back to this and one thing like, always. Oh yeah. my God, there it was. And it was very interesting to see that that's without doubt the only thing I ever wanted with my life. And I never did anything about it. And that until to me, Well, yeah, until I had this revelation. Yeah. I had this day. At what was, age? In um, ballpark 42. Even. Yeah. 42, sitting in a, in a, um, in a room making uh, a movie for that first theatre show, which was all about the, the choices we make in our life. And you know, I used to say like at parties, oh, I'd love to have been an astronaut. But and, and I kind of said it in a pithy kind of way. Past tense. Yeah. I would have liked to have been. No, I just, yeah, you kind of go, oh, yeah, I'd like to have been an astronaut. Or I'd like to, you know, I, but I would kind of, you know, if people would say, you know, if you could be anything, what would it be? I'd always say, oh, astronaut or whatever. And I always thought it was sort of something very light, you know, and something that you say. Right. But when I was in the room that day and we were recording this video as if this was my life because I was looking at these life choices and we made videos as if these lives existed so that the woman that stayed married and had kids or the woman that stayed as a scientist um you know the woman who emigrated to New Zealand my first job was working for the London Underground so we 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 we, we made kind videos. of sliding doors moments kind of sliding door. and one was this astronaut version of me yeah. and I contacted the European Space Agency and I said do you have a flight suit that I can borrow and fair play to them they sent it to me and I did they yeah, just they like did, that they did. well obviously let's talk about and the you fact know I met her I met her in March, the woman who sent it to me. Oh, right. This March? Yeah, just gone. Because I was doing communications training for the at ESA. 
the European Space Agency. And I and I said to her, you know, this woman helped me. No, it's not, not her. It was the woman she sits beside in the office, in the head office in Paris. And I said, this woman, Claire. And she goes, I know Claire. Claire sits right beside me. And and Claire, I rang Claire and she had an American accent. And I said, look, I want to do this show. And she said, OK, I'll send it to you, but you have to send it to me straight back. And I said, I did. I will, I will, I will. And it arrived in this silver bag. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was so futuristic, even by the way it was, it arrived into my yeah. life. And it was like five sizes too big. And I, I would not put it on. And, and the second I put it on for the movie, I just got really upset because I realized I am never going to wear this. I'm never, ever going to be an astronaut because I never, never got focused enough. And I cried and cried and cried. And I went, I never realized how much, how like I had kind of made a joke of it, but actually it was a really deep, deep, deep thing in me. And I really felt I disappointed that little eight-year-old that day. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, why didn't I try? I never even tried, Sheila. I never took an astronomy class. I, it's like I did everything other than that. And I think it was, it was like, even though I grew up in a house where science was everywhere and we were encouraged, there was just nobody in Ireland that I saw mm. that was doing anything remotely related to space. And and that's why I do, why the work I do now, which is like talking, talking, talking about what I want to do, because it's so important to be a beacon yeah. for people to go, yeah. look at, I'm doing this mad mental thing. If I can do that, what do you want to do? Mm. Come join me, do your yeah. mental thing because it never goes away. And that sense of disappointment, because I'd always like anything I do, I kind of, you know, I do it with 150%. Yeah. And, and that was the only thing. I have to say that I was going, how did I do that? What the hell was I doing? You know, it was a real, it was, I call it my moment of clarity and that was it. And of course, at the time I was a, I was an actor and a writer and it was, I think if I hadn't been an actor and a writer, I would have run away from it. But we caught it on tape and it just haunted me. Mm. And I sat on it for a year and a half. And then um, I, a, a friend of mine contacted me, the Festival of Curiosity contacted me and asked me to help this guy from the botany department in UCD put in an application for funding to, to Science Foundation Ireland for this conference and I was like I should put in for funding for my play yeah and I and I went to Blackrock Castle Observatory and I said will you help me and they said yeah we'll make you our artist in residence and it was like I got funded and like the sliding doors literally within weeks of becoming their artist in residence I was at the um the European Space Agency's Research and Technology Centre and it was just like sliding doors. And I met a load of Irish people that were working at the European Space Agency. I said, how did you do it? How did you? And they said, well, we went to the Kennedy Space Center. I wrote to astronauts. I had an aunt or an uncle or they, they all had, they all saw someone. Yeah. So it's very important yeah, to be, it's, if you can't see it, you can't be, be it. it. Man, wow, Niamh. Mm. Yeah. And it's probably making a lot of people think, it's certainly making me think of, you know, of those dreams that we all had, possibly still have. Um, of what we want to be or what we want to do or explore and some people do yeah. explore it yeah. and do achieve it and do yeah. actualize that and other people it's that thing in the background of someday yeah but I mean even if it's a hobby I think it doesn't go away so I think it's really important for to your explore it. I think you have to yeah I think you have to yeah Mm -hmm. I, you know, because another one was ballerina, right? So, but then I went to ballet classes and I was grand then. You know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. I didn't want to be a dancer. I just really liked the idea of wearing those You got it out of, in a way, yeah. you got it out of your system. I got it out of my system. But the real, real ones, they, that you, what you happens is. You can't get them out of your well, system. What happens is it's like a plant. It just like 
it just grows the yeah. more attention you give it because you want it so badly. Now, let's talk about your background as yeah. in the sense that you said that you were doing everything to avoid it. Yeah. But yet you still went into the sciences. Yeah. The sciences. Yeah, I did. And so, but I was always a mediocre. So I did engineering. Which was a good thing to do because I, you know, I do have that kind of brain. And again, uh, difficult. We we keep hearing about mm. how we're trying to encourage girls yeah. and women to go into STEM subjects. Yeah, yeah. There was only ten percent. There's a class of two hundred and fifty. Twenty five were girls. Um, you know, and I think at the end, I think it was still ten percent or maybe less than that at mm. the time. And it was, it was tough being an engineer then. Like the boys would, and you just, you just like, you sort of just accepted this ridiculously immature behaviour. You know. Um, what slagging just slagging like really bad slagging and then when you worked it was just there it was just like you know men would just look at you funny they just would assume you wouldn't know anything they wouldn't talk to you you know you had to really prove yourself and I really didn't like it I was Mm. like oh for god's Mm. sake you know I well, especially when you look at it now that when you're talking about yeah. you're talking about space and we yeah. look at NASA we look at mm. the engineers and mm-hmm. what were they women yeah women. that's right the hidden the hidden figures the hidden figures yeah um yeah, so you still went into it, but in a roundabout way. So this, you had this revelation. That sounds like it was a very powerful very. and obviously very upsetting moment for you. Very. Mm. Everything changed. Everything changed. I, there was a few sacrifices. You know, I was in a very long term relationship. Couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't survive it. Okay. Just the, the dream was too big. Nothing could get in the way. Nothing. Yeah. And I wanted different things. I wanted to go for it. I needed different things. Yeah, it just everything just exploded. And that's what happens when you suddenly find the thing you were destined to be. It's like, get out of my way. I'm doing this. You know, it's terrific. It's given me such focus. I was always lost, Sheila. I was always, there was always something missing. And then the second I had that that day, once I was brave enough to do anything about it, I just feel I've never worked a day since. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's It's terrific. It's your dharma. It's your calling, your purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And you know what it is? It's lovely because it ties in all my passions which is like I was always a talker you know when I met yeah. you that's what I was yeah. doing um, I, I'm all really you're a brilliant communicator yeah and and, I'm, and education is really important to me and, yeah. and I found a way like I think space everybody's interested in space so I'm able to talk about space in a way with adults with kids because I, I don't use the jargon and that's my thing is I, no jargon Neve. that should be what I am and so mm. What, mm. what I feel is that I, I, I'm able to connect with people in a way about information sometimes it's science mostly it's space in a way that they feel part of the conversation. And then they're so intelligent because the questions are incredibly smart, mm. but they don't they don't see it as science or engineering. They're just asking questions because it's the next thing that comes into their head. So so what you're doing is you're encouraging people to be curious and you're helping them get confidence and re- remembering that, yeah, you're a smart person. And if you have a bad relationship with science or maths, blame your teacher because it didn't because ha- it's not you. Okay. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and you miss something. You miss something one day. This nugget of information that helped that that kind of made you start to think that you weren't good at maths or science. You know, mm. so that's a big passion for me as well. Yeah. So that day with the suit, how many years back was that? That was twenty eleven. Yeah, and yeah. since then, that was it. That was it. And then I I, I walked into Blackrock Castle Observatory um, around about the the last few weeks of um, September. 2012 mm. and we got funding in um no sorry September 2013 it was two years later and then uh, we st- I started making my first that that second show to space in um January 2014 so where are we at now we're at you know it's oh, it's 2022 mm. yeah Ireland is not where you live full time no no I kind of live in three places now go on 
I, I well, I don't have a, a home or anything. I live out of two suitcases. Okay. Really. So, so most of my stuff is in an apartment in Strasbourg, but I haven't really been there since June. Um, I've been in Ireland now since September because um, uh, around this time of year is Science Week and Space Week. So, you know, yeah. um, I had to work with a lot of schools and events and stuff. And then actually now what I do is um, my office is in Strasbourg. Um, I have a, a French office, I have a French division of the of the company in, in France and it's based at the International Space University in Strasbourg, where I'm a global faculty member. And then my, my main company is here in Ireland. And then my other half, David, my fiance, lives in America. So that's where I'm kind of going to be basing myself, I guess, long term, if I ever do. Base and where myself. is he in America? So he's currently in California. Yeah. Yeah. And what does he do? So he's uh, he's an engineer and he's yeah. also from the space sector. So he worked there at NASA go. for years and years and his brain is just amazing. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. I just like we're, we're total nerds. We, we ask each other quiz questions when we're on Zoom calls. And, stuff. <laughs> and I love it. He's like, what is the tallest tree? Don't tell me, don't tell me. Don't <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's terrific. Oh, you seem so happy. You're yeah. obviously really happy. Yeah, yeah. But the whole long term, long distance thing, that's that's tricky. It's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's fine if you're not tired and you're not stressed. But then, you know, if one of you are tired or stressed, you'll take something the wrong way. And yeah, then of course. That, yeah. That goes on for like days or something. Mm. And you're going, oh, my God. It's exhausting. So ultimately, where do you want to be living? I think ultimately Ireland, really, mm. you know, I mean, we have a plan, you know, eventually to come back here at the moment. Obviously, we can't afford it. I can't afford it anyway. Yeah. So um, it's great to be based. It's good to be in Strasbourg because uh, my community of space people are there. You know, the International Space Station or Space University has given me a lot. I did the course. I did their like a nine week intensive course um, the summer of 2015 and everything kind of because that was the year after I made the show and everything kind of just, you know, absolutely mushroomed after that what did that entail well it was it was a massive moment so you know the fees were really hefty but I got a scholarship from the European Space Agency for two thirds of it but I still had to find six grand which was like I was an an actor and you know like it's it's hard and I got a voiceover I got a voiceover for Super Value and oh, crushed it was, yeah, crushing is right. And only for that, I never would have been able to do the course. But um, yeah, it was in Ohio and it was um, it was in partnership with NASA that that summer and nine weeks living in. And I was like a good I, I think the person that was the closest in age to me, I think they were in their in their late 30s and I was 46 at that stage. I think I was probably the second oldest person yeah. there or something. And um, it was hard because um I was away from, um, you know, the guy I was with at the time and uh, nine weeks in America, uh, yeah. full on. You do lectures in like seven different t- subjects that are related to space and you have a project and you have to you have to dig deep. You have to dig really deep and you're exhausted and they push you really hard. But um, do you do any of the sexy stuff? I'm, I'm imagining like a la, you know, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and you go in and you're like anti-gravity <laughs> floating no, no, around. No, it wasn't training, although I that. have done that. No, it have was, you done that? Oh, I've done that, yeah. I've done go the zero gravity flight. What is that like? It's like, um, God, what is it like? It's kind of like swimming without water. You know, you keep moving yeah. your hands as if you are you think it's going to help you is thread it, water, I, but you can't because so you're just floating. <laughs> I feel like it, there's a, there's, uh, there's a, for a lot of people, there are different versions of us. There's one version of me that's very, hippie that's very free that's very come on let it let you know go with the yeah. flow and then there's a, there's a staunch control freak that I would imagine when you say that I would be shitting myself going why can't I grab onto anything well you can you can grab onto a bar and I stupidly just held onto the bar because they tell you to do that <laughs> did the you first not let time. go no but I, I didn't even like this is how your mind works right you kind of just do 
So I was given an instruction the first time. They, so you get used to the feeling. They said, hold on to the bar the first time because it, it'll come in really fast. And so what happens is you go you go up at an angle, like a really sharp angle, and you go down at a really sharp angle in the plane. And it's on the turn that everybody goes up in the air because the plane is effectively falling. But when you go up and when you go down like that, you feel twice the force of gravity on your body and it goes through the center of your head. So if you squash down your two hands onto your head, it makes you feel quite nauseous. So you have to go completely limp. Wow. And that's the, that was actually so the hardest part. So you have to let go. Part. You have to commit, like, that was hard to let go of because you're going, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, Because your reptilian brain is yeah, saying, going, what is this, what is no, this, what is no, this? Yeah, no. you want to move. Yeah. And then you hear it kind of on the tannoy and I did it in, in uh, Russia outside Moscow and they're like, I don't know, it's not right, it's not right. And then you can kind of, the Jesus. lights go up and like, if you move at all, whoo, you fly up and um, you have one person there dedicated to take care of you. And um, so the first time I held the bar and I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And then, the second time you're all holding, you're all kind of chained together and they do this, this group photo of everybody. And that was in, that was really scary. What's it, your expression in the photo? I was just laughing, laughing, <laughs> okay, laughing my gosh. head off. I just couldn't stop laughing. And, <laughs> cool. and then for the remaining ones, maybe like about up until like, cause we did 10 of them up until like maybe maneuver six or seven, I was just holding the bar. Like I was doing tw- turns and stuff, but I kept holding the bar. And it was just that I remember lying in bed that night going, why did I hold the bar? You know, cause I was kind of going, why didn't I just let go? I don't know. But then the last few yeah. I, I did, I like the guy that was helping me was kind of going, just like take off. And like you, I was like, no, I don't want to. I'm going to fall. He goes, you won't fall. I will fall. But, and he was speaking Russian, so I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> but I was telling him, I'm going to fall, Peter. His name was Peter. and um, uh, But I didn't. So it's like if you yeah. make a movement, you, you, it's it's like there's a volume button. It goes, you go way too far. So it's like you've got to recalibrate. Right, well. You have to move very gracefully in order to be able to control. So that's where your move. inner ballerina came in handy. That's where my inner ballerina came See? in. Yes, no. but it was amazing, terrifying but amazing. Okay. It sounds very cool. It was, it was, it was. And it was a great trip because we got to see, we were in Star City. So Star City is where um, Roscosmos um, have their training center for astronauts. So we saw massive centrifuges. We saw all the um, two scale um, mock-ups of all the different, um, we saw the capsule that they that they uh, go to the International Space Station, which is the Soyuz. We saw the Mir, which was the international, which was the space station that preceded the International Space mm. Station. And they used all these modules to train on. So it was amazing. And they had all these mirrors everywhere it was really weird and in 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 um in, in moscow like you'd go a cor- you'd turn a corner and there'd be one of those long mirrors with plants everywhere and it was like obviously people were like checking their appearance or something but every corridor had had one of those kind of vanity mirrors so what is that about yeah you know, what so was it about i presume they just check themselves i don't, I don't know are astronauts vain <laughs> <laughs> it was very odd. That's what I remember going, what's with the mirrors? Check your hair and makeup when you're in space. Yeah, what's with the mirrors at Roscosmos? So yeah, that was, that was very, but, but amazing <sighs> trip. And you, you know, there's amazing museums there. They're very good at preserving the history of space because, you know, the first person, uh, a man, Yuri Gagarin launched from there. The first woman, Valentina Tereshkova, who is a legend. Mm. She goes to every single launch still from uh, Baikonur, which is the city where they all launch from in Kazakhstan. And I stood beside her at the, one of the launches that I was at in Baikonur and she's a formidable woman, I'll tell what you. What age is she now? Oh, she'd be, oh my God, 86, 87 yeah. or something. She's going nowhere. And Kamir, um, where are we at with the whole, you know, human beings in space story? Well, we just turned a really, a really um, massive at corner just mm. Tuesday night, gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, we finally got this rocket called the Artemis uh, to take off to launch and 
um, as we speak. It's just literally um, been the the capsule, which you know was what was on top of the rocket, uh, is just doing a few loops around the moon, and will be returning in, in mid December. But it was eighteen years in the making, mm. and billions. I think it cost four billion for that to launch, and it was basically taking the cellophane off the next chapter of human space exploration, which is returning to the moon. So the next time this Yeah, because the whole, goes, the whole not being at the moon for a while. Yes, that's right. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Well, it's political and it's economical. You know, it's okay. economic. So basically it happened because basically America and Russia were kind of who's who's got better rockets kind of thing going on. And of course, yeah. America won that. Mine is bigger than yours kind exactly. of thing. Exactly, completely. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. And um, and very soon, once once we saw Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the moon, people lost interest. Well, some yeah, people lost it's interest. Done. People like me didn't lose interest, yeah, but, yeah. but most people lost interest. And then, you know, you get a new administration and then they said, no, we're not doing that anymore. And they kind of decided to to focus on near or lower Earth orbit, which is, the, you know, kind of four to five hundred kilometers above us. And they developed um, all the technology for space stations and they understood how humans move in the absence of gravity, which is what that zero gravity flight was. And we've been doing that for the last kind of 30 30, 40 years and we kind of know enough now about that mm. that we are that we're ready to go back to the moon and and to understand it to understand how you keep humans alive if we're to build a base on the moon mm. because ultimately we're trying to get to Mars to see you know uh, we have lots of rovers on Mars at the moment to try and understand what happened Mars there's there's evidence that there was rivers and streams on Mars and that there was an atmosphere but something happened where the whole thing just collapsed yeah and in order to understand our own destiny we need to understand what happened to Mars really as and a that's planet. a huge part of the story yeah that is about it's the education piece it is the whole like this us living on this planet and what will actually happen to us in time yeah, yeah. so the more we learn about that's right and and so you have to take your time everything about space takes time because it's extremely dangerous and we kind of take it mm. for granted when we see people launching up to the International Space Station all the time but that's come from years and years and years of 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 rigor mm. you know and thousands of people like devoting themselves to a seal on a glove on a spacesuit you know like thousands of minds and thousands of hours of of research and now you know um the reason why we're going back to the moon is it's like we need to create the moon as a sort of a gateway like a sort of a a service station if you will and um this uh, they they're they're now starting plans to build the next space station which will orbit the moon so the plan is the first three uh, missions the artemis you know, mission, which is, you know, going to the moon and we're currently on one. Um, the second and the third will have people on board, astronauts on board. And the third one will actually, um, uh, will put humans on the moon and they promise that there will be a woman on that one. That'll be the very first woman and the very first person of color as well will, will actually have what they call footprints and flags on the moon. That kind of just, that kind of starts the first phase, ends the first phase. The second phase then is that they start to intensively develop the space station, this gateway, which the European Space Station's involved in, which guarantees that we will have a European on the moon in, I don't know, 10, 20 years maybe. And then when we when we do that for a bit, then we will build a, a permanent habitat on the moon. And that's for research purposes. They talk about having a moon base, who knows? But it's really just how do we build? How do we protect people from radiation? Mm. Um, there's no atmosphere on the moon. Um, the atmosphere protects us from a lot of radiation that comes from the sun and, and just the universe in general. So without that, we're really, really vulnerable. So you yeah. have to build, you have to build structures that 
are encased in, in regolith, which is the surface of the moon. So how do you do that? How do you 3D print that? So thousands of people are trying to figure that out now. And then we'll do that. And then we'll, we'll have people there for a while and we'll figure out what is, how do you keep people alive? Can you grow food on, on the moon? Can you do this? Can you do this? They'll have all that done. And then we'll be ready then to go onwards to Mars. So it's probably like a hundred year plan. I would yeah, say. yeah. And I suppose for you, like, you know, you've said, you've said so much during the chat already and about that moment of trying the suit on and that moment of realisation that, you know, it may not happen that you might not get to space but yet the work you're doing is yeah. so important because it's going to matter to us right now and then future generations yeah so it's I, a legacy piece but but the dream is still to get to space yeah and and as a communicator so like everything i'm doing is 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 like it's like yeah. i'm building up the cv you know what i mean i do think a time will come when they will need reporters and communicators to you know the international space station is is kind of going to become more of a commercial um activity in in you know in the years ahead once we start focusing on the moon so opportunities are going to change there's not going to be just astronauts and billionaires that can go up they're going to go we need somebody who can teach in space who's that you know and I want to be on that list yeah so everything I do is about doing my absolute best as a communicator and as an educator and just this year I was very lucky the European Space Agency decided to give thanks to people who promote space for good and um, I was on that list and I was 15 of like I think they said 20,000 people they started with and I, I was one of them I became oh, wow. in education yeah I became the EC champion first ever for Ireland as well and so to me that means that they they recognize they're saying thank you for what you do and, and now I'm part of their foreign uh, national press so I, I go now to most of, well I've been invited to all of their launches from from the NASA Kennedy since they started launching from there so I am making inroads and yeah. I'm just if I keep going if I build up my profile if I get more followers so it's about kind of keep doing the work and never giving up never giving up and it's like getting there slowly one step at a time that's the plan so does does the dream ever falter no 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 brilliant no it's taken me a long time to focus it because I went I don't think I want to be an astronaut because astronauts are different to me astronauts they're amazing firstly they're amazing but they're they're a certain type of person that can cope with stress at a level you would not believe and they're very good at, at retaining um you know, uh, they're very good at not expressing fear or anxiety and they're they're like, they have steely determination and they can concentrate through being stressed. That's not me. I want to go up as like a flawed human being who's kind of going, oh my God, I'm terrified. You know, puking and crying <laughs> because I think if, if somebody saw a real person yeah. suffer, they go, God, that's really hard to go to space. And you're going, yeah, it is. And, and so it kind of shifts people's perceptions of what we're actually doing and kind of you know we're amazing as a species that we're like this tiny little ant who suddenly decided you know I want to move I want to go somewhere else and Mm. and so all of that and the bigger the bigger the bigger perspective that space provides us as a species and also in relation to our planet I think if somebody human and flawed who had an ability to communicate and connect with people could do it that's me Sheila yeah it is that's me yeah it is yeah yeah Yeah. that's why I want to do it Cool. So I, I need people to follow me and I need a big, I'd love like a, I'd love like a philanthropist or something to go. We just need to keep paying you. So you just keep doing what you're doing. So on Instagram, your handle is? Uh, Dr. Neve Shaw. So that's D-R underscore Neve underscore Shaw. Yeah. And same on Twitter as well. Okay. Follow, follow, follow. Follow, follow, follow. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. What would you be your message to people listening? Because we all have that inner eight year old, you yeah. know, regardless of what age we are, we all we can all remember the way we were as as kids and what what it was that we dreamt of doing. And, and sometimes that changed yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? OK. You know, I have a five year old now and he has said vastly different things of what he wants to be when he grows up. And no doubt if I ask him next week, it'll be different again. Yeah. So it does change. But as we get older, there can sometimes be that dream. Like for me, it was always I wanted to be a singer. Yeah. That's it. And what happened? But I still do it. But there you go. You see, that's what I mean. But as I long still, as you I, manifest I sing, it. I sing now. I'm singing, I'm singing songs and my son are, do you know what I mean? Now, there you go. would I like to join a choir and do that? Yes, I would. That just means maybe when my kids are a bit older yeah, making that time and I have a bit more time yeah. because I used to that was something I absolutely loved the sense of tribe and community you got yeah. with singing with other people was something that I, I got a real buzz out of yeah. personally and I have done a few things down to the years that it allowed me to indulge that like Lovely. I was in Aikino and I was singing on stage and yeah, I did a yeah, song yeah. a few years ago but so I haven't completely left it aside but it's not it's not my bread and butter I suppose yeah, yeah. so I haven't gone Good luck to podcasting and all the other bits I do. I'm just now going to sing for a living. Yeah. I haven't been brave enough to do that because I suppose it, it, there's this, the sense of uncertainty and yeah. whoa, I'm going to leave the the job that I have that's paying my rent or paying yeah. my mortgage yeah. and I'm going to do this thing. That takes a lot of guts. Yeah, well, that's why I live out of two suitcases. Yeah. You know, I've, I've walked away from, I had yeah. to, I had to leave Ireland because Ireland was making me feel that I had to conform to what is a woman um, in, oh, in really? Ireland in her 50s. Yeah, you have to own a home. You know, like mortgage, all those things. And I was like, oh, that's just not going to work for me. I was like, I went on a, a mission, you know, um, in the desert and I and I lived as if I was on Mars for 15 days and it just changed everything. It just made me go, I can't conform to the way society is telling me to conform. I need to do this my own way. And thankfully, you know, the way life worked out for me, I was married very briefly, but, it, you know, out of out of that and never had kids or anything. So rather than feeling um, the disappointment of that, I felt that in Ireland. I felt like I don't have kids. I don't have a house. I don't have the things that women in their 50s around me have. So rather than own that, I went, I don't have kids. I don't have a house. I don't have the responsibilities. Yeah. And you were kind of going, so it's flipping it. Yeah, cool. So you have to flip it and you have to look at what you have, not what you don't have. So leaving Ireland helped me 
set me free from the shackles of that. So I went, I gave everything away. I gave away everything, my books, um, uh, my furniture, everything I gave away. And now I just have a tiny storage room with my Christmas decorations and my tax returns. <laughs> in, in you store I it, in one how, of the you store it. I love how vastly different those two things are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I have like and a few mementos, but it set me free. So it it made me go, you know, whew, just oh, shake so that cool. off and go, no, that's yeah. not who I am. I'm going to redefine who I am. But that takes a lot of work on yourself. Huge amount of work, Neve, yeah. I'd say. And also for a lot of us, and myself included, we can sometimes allow the stuff mm-hmm. to dictate. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a, I had a, um, not necessarily a similar situation, not certainly nowhere near what you've gone through, but a situation recently where I had stuff in storage in a yeah. place yeah. and a person suggested that I remove the stuff yeah. and I had done without it for about eight years I had an idea of some of the stuff that was in it a few yeah. random dresses there was a picnic box, box yeah. bag thing that I definitely th- thought was nice that I would could have done with but between not literally not having enough time between my life now living in the west and kids yeah. and work and the time frame that the other person was providing for me to get the stuff I just sent a message saying I can't make it. Let so it I don't, if I've done without it for eight years, That's I don't right. need it anymore. Don't need so it. you give it to charity mm-hmm. or skip it because I don't need it. And the inner hoarder in me was raging. <laughs> so basically, um, it was great. It was kind of scary sending the message, but it was also brilliant. Went, I don't need the stuff because mm-hmm. the, the other part of me would say, oh, mm-hmm. I need to at least give it the once over before I, I say yay or nay to it. But you don't really. But we allow this stuff, stuff that we accumulate to. Yeah. I think it gives us, I think it gives us a, f- um, I think uh, we're creatures who, who collect. I always feel like yeah. we're like the penguins who, 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 ca- who collect the stones. The you know, stones, the stuff, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it sort of feels like. It's like, ha, huh, you know. And then the possessions end up owning you rather than you owning them. the possessions end up owning you. And I think it gives us a sense of security, but it's completely... I, I, for me, it's it was just like this isn't working, and it it took me to pretend to live on Mars. And what happened was was, you know, I was only there for fifteen days, but literally after four or five days, I completely adjusted to living without shops, without cars, without anything. And and I I couldn't bring. We, we, there was such a massive packing list that I had to bring. I had to bring a sleeping bag. I had to bring a pillow. I had to bring all this equipment because I was like, I was there as sort of the journalist and the and the artist cataloging this science mission in, in the Utah desert in this research station that was supposed to be like Mars. So I had no room for my clothes and I love clothes. Like, don't get me wrong. I love clothes. Yeah. And so um, I, I brought... Um, two pairs of trousers and four tops and then underwear that was all I had room sure. for and yeah. it was all like you know layers of things because you'd bring winter coats and I can I remember one night uh, Roy one of the geologists came out and he brought out money and he was going is it just me or is this really odd and I was like yeah money money you know because when you suddenly don't need money you you see how it's just um it's it's like I'm sending you this message. I'm giving you. It's like um, it's like you're giving each other an IOU. That's that's mm. all you're doing. It doesn't it doesn't have any value when you take it out of society. So as humans living on this planet, money you don't need. If every if society were to break down in the morning, the first thing you do not need is money because money is like a is is a concept that's made yeah. for us to exchange and trade. So I went home, and. I remember going into the apartment and having a ridiculous amount of space because, of course, I was living in a tiny little, um, you know, shack for, for those 15 days. And I remember opening the wardrobe and going, oh, my God, I missed none of it. I didn't miss television. I remember opening the hot press because I love sheets, 
God's sake. I've always loved sheets, you know, like duvets and stuff mm. and, and, and towels. And I went, I don't need any of that. I just need two. And I just started giving stuff away. It started with me with my really nice kind of cups and things because I, I like kind of I liked kind of collecting jugs and cups and I just started giving things away. And then um, I, st- I looked for somebody to take my books and a friend of mine was setting up a, a secondhand bookstore. I said, here you go. And then okay. I gave some to a school and then um, somebody was looking for an office desk and furniture and somebody needed a microwave and somebody needed- and I just started giving it away, just gave it away. And I was like, oh, this is a gorgeous feeling. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how did you feel? So gorgeous. You, go, gorgeous. you feel lighter, you feel lighter, you feel like you your your decisions aren't based on your stuff so your decisions come from a place of what do i want to do mm. and so now i'm i have an apartment in strasbourg but i mean i i was in a, an apart hotel for the first year that i was there and when i've only just started renting um an apartment which which was a big deal for me but i i moved in in one i didn't even have a full car load and it was a tiny one of those little kind of minis it didn't even have a full car load of stuff i've nothing I have like two suitcases. But yet you have everything. And yet I have everything. That's it. I have everything because I have the freedom. Yeah. I recently spoke to a really interesting man. You may be aware of him. Um, Mark Boyle. He's known as the moneyless Mm. man. Mm. Many years ago decided to give up money entirely. And it was an experiment that he kept going for three years. He lived entirely without money. And now he lives. he He was living in England at the time. Now he's living in Galway. He has a really interesting setup. He has a free hostel. He has his own place. He lives without electricity, without running water, without tech. And he lives an extremely fulfilled life. And it was fascinating yeah. sitting down to talk to him. Yeah. Um, but the way he speaks about, about money, I suppose we don't often think of it because for most of us to live our lives... We need money to get around. We need yeah, money for to everything. live. For everything. everything. And there are a lot of wonderful things yeah, that money can provide. Absolutely. And it's different if you have a family. I, com- I completely get it. I just didn't have any dependence. And when so you don't have easy. money and you need it, you can feel the pressure. Oh, and, you feel and, you know, this time. can be a very difficult conversation to even have because there are people who are crying out for money to pay bills and to survive yeah. and get by. But um, as you said, you, you paired it all back. Well, I, had a, I, had, I was very lucky that I had an opportunity to step out yeah. of life. Yeah. And kind of go, hmm, hmm, you know, and, and kind what's of what's all this about? What's this all about? And again, like being in Ireland and feeling that shame of like, I don't have a mortgage. I don't own anything. And I don't. And it's a real you know, Irish thing, isn't it? Yeah. The whole owning a house mm, business. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, have, yeah. I don't own one, you yeah. know. And um, and rather than feeling that impediment, leaving Ireland kind of, that was the last thing I had to do. Because if I stayed, I will, I wouldn't have been able to, I can't, I can't make this work in Ireland because yeah. I, f- I feel I need money when I'm in Ireland. You know, it just, it just, I don't know what it is. It just feels I need money way more in Ireland than I do, than I do anywhere else. Which is very odd. Interesting. And it, it's yeah. something to do with me, I think. It must be something to do with me. But the big thing is you, it? I think so, it must be. Because everywhere you need money. So it's something it's something to do with me and my relationship with this country. I still need to figure that out. What is your relationship well, with well, Ireland? I, I think Sheila, you know, you feel a sense that you have to succeed in your hometown, don't you? Mm. You know, you have to I want to be I want to match what other people's perceptions of success are here and I can't. I can't because I don't have that packet of money I don't have the house I don't have the things that show people that I'm successful all I have is what I do which is communicate you know and so you know I get funded to do that and and every cent I make it goes into the company every single cent because you know um 
it's that's just I, I have to do this it's like there's just mm. like this is this is absolutely it's like an obsession mm. you know you can't do anything else I can't now. do anything you know I have to go on these launches and I have to tell people and I have to have to have to yeah you know so I think it's it's something to do with me feeling that I've you know that I haven't matched what I was told you know it, it, you have to be really careful with the stories you tell yourself or the mm. stories that the stories that you take on from people who tell you who you are and I think that was something that I had to really unravel and think about. Um, and certainly my Mars mission really helped me kind of figure a lot of that out for myself as well. And then, you know, you asked me what advice to give people and, and something that set me free. And it goes back to space. And I think this is why I'm I'm this is why I think me and space were just we, we had this with this complete love affair, because every time I, I get scared or, you know, just thinking about space makes me deeply philosophical and think about the bigger picture. So um the, the first thing that I had to do to kind of set myself free was really think about me as a human on this planet. And so, you know, we're in this room right now, you know, mm. and, and we're in Dublin and, you know, you can choose to kind of decide how big or how small you're going to feel or how big or how small you want to be in those situations. So what I mean by that is we're in this room. We're doing this podcast at this present moment in time. And so we're aware of the dimensions of this room. OK, mm, you know, mm, mm. but but, you know, we, we know there's a whole world out there right now. Right. And so we're aware of the street and we're aware of the kind of the, the environment. So we're you know, I, I kind of when I close my eyes, I can kind of see myself here and kind of in this vicinity at the same time. I know where, I know I know how to get home. I know where the buses are. I know where that, you know, I, I can see the infrastructure and then you can zoom out again and you can kind of think about the county of Dublin. It's not it's not so clear, but if you were to see a map of, of Dublin you'd know where you were on that map and you zoom out again and we're in Ireland and again you'd look at a map of Ireland and we'd see ourselves we'd look at Dublin and we'd go that's where we are right now okay mm-hmm. and you continue to zoom out again and you look at a map of Europe and you and I would look at that map and we go oh there we are there's Ireland and there's Dublin we can't see the street and we can't see the, the room but we know we're there and you zoom out again and we're on earth and earth is spinning, you know, we have daytime and we have nighttime because earth rotates on, on its own axis once a day and we're there. So when you look at earth, if we could see earth from a distance, we'd go, oh, there we are. We're in Ireland. We can't see the street or the or the room that we're in, but we know that we're there. And we know that we're part of a solar system, which is a system of planets that orbit the sun. And we go around the sun once a year. You know, that's what a birthday is. Every year you, you, you mark that. And, and we're aware of that. And yet a lot of people, we kind of stop somewhere around Europe I think in terms of that uh, not awareness of where we are and then you know you zoom out again and, and we're one star of thousands of stars you know our nearest star is like 4.3 light years away a, a light year is, is 10 trillion kilometers it's just a matter of distance and in our lifetime we'll never we'll never get to another star or, or a system of planets around that star and all of that makes up the Milky Way which we know is a galaxy and that's like clusters of billions and billions and billions of stars that all spiral around together and the width of our galaxy is 100,000 light years in diameter we're there we're in that galaxy right now whether we whether we choose to see it or not is, is up to us and that galaxy is grouped into a cluster and we're we're in a cluster called the Virgo supercluster, and then that's grouped into a into a local supercluster. Then there are fifty five of those local superclusters that make up everything we now know to be the observable universe. And we currently are forty six point six billion light years from the edge of that. So we're there, and we're here. So yeah. you can always go. I am here. I am here. I am here. I am here. So what it did for me was it was like, my God, that just set me free because it made me realize that we worry so much 
mm. about the day to day. Gosh, I never got bread in. Oh my God, would you look at the state of him? Would you hurry up? You know, all this stuff. Would you get your change out in Tesco? You know, and you, you, you think about those things and then you think about you are this human that has evolved to exist on a planet that gives you oxygen and air at a certain pressure and a certain gravitational force. And that's why we have bones. That's why we have eyes, we have ears and everything. And we're part of this huge, massive system that that gives us everything we need. And we are completely in ebb and flow of that. Whether we think we are or not is, is entirely up to us. But we're part of a much bigger system. And they have us and they've got us. And we are alive for just like a, a breath, a, a, you know, a flap of a butterfly's wings. So live your best life, folks, because you're only going to be here for a really short period of time and make it your best. And that set me free. That completely set me free. And I said, right, I'm throwing out the stories that I've told myself and I'm redefining my story. Hallelujah. Like, that's <laughs> amazing stuff, Neve. because in one way, we can feel utterly insignificant. Yes. yes. And another way, feel free yeah but also significant because we're even though we're only teeny teeny tiny part we, we are here yes and 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 we can yes. make decisions based yes. on what we really want rather than other people i mean and also sheila yeah. isn't it amazing that you know like we're made of the whole the whole universe is made up of atoms isn't it amazing that the atoms decided to come together to make you sheila and mm. make me neve mm. and i have a brain that thinks about my existence in this bigger thing yeah and we have the ability to do that. And then we as a species have built a rocket to push us off our planet that we were built, that we were totally developed to, to survive on. And we go, no, we want to go further. We defy ourselves as a species every time we leave this planet and we, we orbit the we, we orbit our planet on the International Space Station or we build something powerful enough to go to the moon, you know, and we, we dare to think about going to Mars. This is who we are. Like yeah. we're in the system, we go, no, we are more. And and I've kind of done the maths and I always say it's kind of like an ant just waking up one day and going, I'm going to become a Formula One driver and I'm going to win Silverstone. That's kind of, in terms of scale, who we decide to be. Yeah. And, and what's great about engineering and science and space is that we're always pushing boundaries and we're always saying, what else? What else can we do? What else can we be? You know, we're, we're you know, have fun and just go for it, you know? Yeah. And you're living, breathing it like you're you're living a, a what I can see a very content life, yeah, yeah, a very fulfilled, full life, yeah, without all the stuff, without all the stuff, yeah. And I'm so happy. And I never would have made, I never would have met David. I never would have met David mm. if I didn't live like this. Yeah, never would have met him. You so know? I know this is a question that's asked a lot, and I ask it a lot in the podcast. People might be kind of bored of me asking it, but I I, I do think it's interesting because some people are never contemplate the question are very much about the here and now but do you think about the Neve in 5, 10, 20, 30 years time? Um, vaguely I'm not somebody that kind of plans too far ahead I know what I want like I, I want to continue So where would you like to be in 5 years? 10 years take 10 years Well 10 years I'd like to be have been you know on the International Space Station for you know a two week mission and back down and kind of still talking to people about that experience and trying to change education and change curiosity and you know use that opportunity to make really good effective change in terms of our attitude to the planet and climate but also around helping everybody kind of reignite whatever they're they're curious about um, I want to be um, I, I would love to be living in Ireland I would love to have um 
um, like a cottage or something in the countryside. I think I'll always want to live simply. I'll never, I don't want to own possessions again. You know, if I do, yeah. it'll just be the absolute kind of minimal kind of things that we need. Um, and I hope I'll be healthy. That's the thing. I hope yeah, I'll be healthy, yeah, you know, yeah. and I hope my other half, David, will be still with me and he'll be healthy and, you know, we'll build a life together. Um, I hope all my friends or family are still healthy and that they're around me. And, but really simple things like that's, that's it. But in, in all of that is this, you know, that I'm still feeding this curiosity and I'm still using space as a, as a, a kind of um, a vehicle for me to feel fulfilled, but also for me to kind of say, you know, you can make the impossible possible any day. You just, mm. you just need to just take that leap of faith and, and trust yourself and make the life you want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's essentially it. So would they be your final words to people listening? Yeah, I think so. Just like it's in you, whatever it is you want to be is in you. It's, you know, your passion, your passion. Um, you don't go looking for your passion. Your passion finds you. Um, and Jeff Bezos said, and I really like that as in, you know, it's always there. It's just choices. It's just yeah. choices. And as you said, it's about those voices and where do they come from? We had a conversation on the podcast before with uh, an incredible guest, Brother Richard, yeah. who spoke about that, who spoke about, you know, asking yourself the questions of where is that come from? Who is that voice? Yeah. Is that really, is that basically, is that really me? Yeah. Or is it someone else where, you know. I had to do because, a lot of stuff on Yeah. That. And I think most of us mm-hmm. who have shone the light inside and actually start to look at ourselves mm-hmm. we learn a lot you know not everybody's it's comfortable doing that or I think that also happens when you're ready to say, do it you have to be ready for yeah. it yeah but if you're prepared to do it you know it ain't it ain't always pretty and it sometimes is it's really hard but, but it's, it's at the pace so worthwhile yeah but it's at the pace that you're ready you know what I mean? for, yeah. so it's it's kind of like any new skill you know it, you're never going to be forced to do anything you don't want to do you just won't mm. do it your, yeah. your subconscious will go I'm not doing that you know but then three weeks later you're suddenly able to move forward or shift or it's like it's like um flexibility or something you yeah know? yeah 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 it gets improves over time yeah 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 true hmm. it's like a bend in yoga yeah it's like a bend in yoga you can't do it immediately yeah. but if you do it every day you slowly start to shift yeah. and move and and i guess it's the same thing about your own journey of discovery i mean i think we're on this planet to learn about ourselves effectively if you don't know yourself and you don't like yourself yeah what was it all for mm, absolutely yeah Next time you do the anti-gravity or whatever you yeah. call it bit, will you, will you let go of the bar? <laughs> I wouldn't let go. I was like, for God's sake, me, let go of the bar. Let I will let go of the bar. Next time I'll be ready. Yeah, I'll yeah. be ready and I'll let go of the You're bar. You're born ready. I was born ready, yeah. Neve, yeah. <laughs> so like on a personal level, amazing to see you again. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It? yeah. 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 I want to chat some more to you when we, <laughs> when we turn, turn off the mics. But thank you for sharing and inspiring us to follow our dreams. That's essentially yeah. what it's about, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it comes when it, it'll happen when it's ready. And even enjoy if the, dream the journey, is, enjoy the journey. Yeah. And even if the dream is a bit dusty and it's been left on the shelf for a good oh, few years, yeah. you can take it down, you can clean it up and you can go yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, it can be a hobby. It's like Elizabeth Gilbert said, you know, um, with your passion, it can be a hobby or it can be a job or it can be work or it can be a career. Mm. It's up to you to decide where you want to manifest that. But all of them, as long as it's as long as it's acknowledged in you, and not ignored, and not ignored, you'll be happy. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> fabulous. Very exciting to follow what you do next. And um, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you, Sheila. You'll find Neve on Instagram at Doctor Underscore Neve Underscore Shaw, and her book Dream Big: An Irish Woman's Space Odyssey is available in all good bookshops. You've been listening to Ready to Be Real.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.